Hi, this is Lewis Black, and uh, you're listening to PF's tape recorder. I don't know how you got to be able to listen to it, but and, and that he even has a tape recorder at this point in our time is really extraordinary because there are better things for, to listen to stuff on. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, parenting advice from Bill Dwyer. You, uh, I, I gotta tell you, like, as a parent, like, kids love to be scared. Like, if you could ever, like, hide in a closet and jump out of your kids so they become so scared that they, like, fall down on the ground, they fall on their ass and, and start crying. Like, after they get cry for about a minute, they want you to do it again. We'll hear more from Bill in just a bit. We review the new politics show we saw a couple of weeks ago live in Cincinnati. We also discuss the Brits getting a little skittish about Americanisms in their language. But first, as always, fake news. And now fake news with me. This past Monday, a grand jury in Missouri decided not to indict Officer Darren Wilson for shooting unarmed teenager Michael Brown. Riots ensued around St. Louis and across the country. Many criticized this reaction, saying people should only really ride if their sports team wins a championship. Black Friday shopping kicked off early this year as many stores opened on Thanksgiving night. Fights and altercations broke out at some stores across the country, but it's okay. It's tradition to react violently to a bargain if you're a white person. The NFL's Washington Redskins, long playing defense against critics and even politicians campaigning for it to change its name from what they perceive to be an offensive slur against Native Americans, received that ire Thursday for a tweet they apparently didn't realize was offensive. It read simply, Happy Thanksgiving from the Redskins. Team officials said the message was in no way meant to be offensive, noting their Christmas message this year will be, Have a pale skin Christmas. Oil prices are falling. The reason? OPEC, a cartel of oil producers that includes Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, and Venezuela, had a big meeting in Vienna on November 27th. Before the gathering, there was speculation that OPEC countries might cut back on their oil production in order to prop up prices. But in the end, the cartel couldn't agree on how to respond and did nothing. GOP leaders in this country have long blamed President Obama for high gas prices, and they stressed that these falling gas prices had nothing to do with the president. Republican Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey has vetoed a politically charged bill that would have banned the use of certain pig cages in his state, a move many observers see as aimed at appeasing Iowa voters ahead of a potential 2016 presidential run. In a veto message issued Friday, Christie called the bill opposing gestation crates a solution in search of a problem. Political observers say that the move was likely not a move to appease Iowa voters, but one to ensure an uninterrupted supply of bacon for the governor. And finally, P.D. James, the British novelist renowned for her crime novels featuring detective Adam Dagliesh, as well as such work as The Children of Men, died this past Thursday. She was 94. There are currently no suspects. And that's been Fake News with me. Well, Fangirl almost got out of this week's dumb bit because she was <laughs> she was poorly this week, and that becomes important in the second half of the dumb bit. Oh. Okay, you don't even know what this second half of the dumb bit's going to be about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I said it during the intro of the show, so the listeners have an idea. Anyway, so we saw New Politics uh, back, uh, let me see, about two weeks ago now, right? Yeah. Impressions? 
Um, I was surprised at how hard the crowd went. I know, right? That was interesting because I've always thought of them as kind of poppy, but I guess that's yeah. what happens when you only listen to the singles. But they they were playing like some older, rockier tracks. Did a cover of Sabotage. It was pretty pretty intense. Pretty they cool. are they are very uh, Beastie Boys influence. It turns out. Yeah, you, you hear it in their songs too. Like yes. Kings, Kings and Queens references them. Yes. And then, and then the cover Sabotage, of course. Um, yeah. and I was convinced when we were there before they started that oh, it was mostly uh kids and and old folks that oh, had to bring the so kids many. but not it was old folks that knew the songs yeah there was some dude going crazy behind he was dancing and singing <laughs> all the words and he was probably late 20s i would say just like churches a similar yeah. kind of churches churches was an interesting crowd actually. yeah so um yeah and i it didn't realize how many great songs do politics had i know like yeah. that, was really, that was most surprising i was again like actually in the crowd for the first time in a while because usually i just take my pictures and leave <laughs> but i wanted to get in the crowd for this one just you know because it's been a while and it was like it was pretty cool to see them like of all bands i'm glad i did that for them because they had some really great songs and really great stage presence i've always said that about them yes That's why they're so fun good. to take pictures of they're yeah great. not and not just uh not just dave who's the lead singer but louis from behind the drum kit stands up a lot and tries to get the crowd going and soren of course Lovely. just shreds that guitar soren is so cool <laughs> i know right and uh so okay so uh new politics new album out in february called vikings look for that new single is out uh, everywhere i go look for that and uh yeah they're they're have a new album out in february um, so uh, towards that end, of course, we know Dave, uh, we've spoken to Dave before. And Dave, of course, you would not know is from Copenhagen because he speaks, he speaks perfect, unaccented English. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, towards that end, um, you know, they left Denmark because they knew they could, you know, most rock bands in the world know if you want to have hits, you have to sing in English. Very few foreign language songs become hits in the UK or America. And, uh, well, there was this little thing here on NPR I'm going to play for you, Fangirl. And now a story that Ari Shapiro, who is hosting our program in Washington all week, has brought us from London, where he's based. Hey there, Ari. Hi, Ari. Okay, so this surprise I've brought for you starts with a quiz. I'm going to play a list of words for you. Okay. And I want you to see if you can guess what they have in common. Here goes. Let's touch base. 24-7. Hey, you guys. And I've got one more. My bad. Uh, they're like uh, Americanisms. Very good. They're yeah. all Americanisms that have crept into British English. Oh, people and are saying my bad? People in the UK are saying my bad. And as you can imagine, this has made some traditionalists a bit, we might say, miffed. Okay. <laughs> so back in okay, London, Okay, so the gist of the story there the is that Americanisms are, are sneaking into UK English and people over there are upset about it. <laughs> and the irony, of course, is is that we're on a campaign to get more British. Oh my gosh! Versions. All the time. Exactly. So it's the worst when I can't remember like the English word for something, so I use the British word. Yeah. Like I've done that so many times. Now mostly yours comes from watching Skins. Oh, it's so much Skins. And me from BBC uh, One, yeah, Four, Six, and World Service, uh, which are the ones I mostly listen to. And then and I, I guess some British TV as well. Doc yeah. Martin I watch occasionally. But um, yeah, and it's it's strange because we. Uh, I don't know if you folks remember, I don't know what dumb bit we were recording, you and I, but we were interrupted by the doorbell, and we were so excited, our, our new tea kettle had arrived. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. <laughs> a very English response to uh, the interruption of our dumb bit. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting that um, the, uh, the the Brits are scared that their language is getting Americanized, and rightly so, so because no one speaks no one speaks English like the English. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this... Oh, I would conclude that to be all, to all British, like Wales and Scotland, but really the, the English, I think... Uh, have a monopoly on that. The Australians are okay. <laughs> We're terrible. Canadians yeah. are terrible. <laughs> yeah. We really butcher the language. <laughs> yeah. And it's strange, too, because uh, when we were talking about uh, new politics there a minute ago, 
um, it's weird because musically, I think the two countries are even. Most of the oh, yeah. pop music is probably 50-50. It, it slides back and forth. But as far as TV goes, they unfortunately get a lot more of our shows than mm-hmm. we get of their shows. Although, you, you know, you have the Doctor Who fans now. Yeah. Uh, Doc Martin's pretty big here. Um, what's the other, the, the period one me and mom like? Um, uh, Abbey. Yeah. So with those shows, those are, you know, British skins. cultures, sneak skins is, you know, the sneaking back this way. But uh, the, uh, the, the uh, end of the piece I thought was pretty funny. Check this out. I have to tell you my favorite, which has not yet come over to America. I'm trying to make it happen. Uh, Ari Shapiro is going to tell you uh, what British phrase, because he's stationed in London right now, what British phrase he's trying to get going in America. Sozzles! Uh, well, Ari, it's been great having you this week. <laughs> and <I hope> that... <laughs> It means sorry, but I should warn you that apparently, at least as of now, only teenage girls use it in the UK. I but I'm, I'm going to try to make it a thing here. Well, Ari, thanks so much for that dispatch. <laughs> Cheers, Audie. Okay, so when I heard Ari go, sozzles, and at first if he didn't say it all girly, maybe it would have worked. And I thought, come on, dude, using, you know, picking a, a word that 15-year-old British girls say. And then I remembered this. Great shout. Thank you, P.F. Wilson on Facebook. He slash she selected this, Digital Love by Daft Punk. First one. Thank you, Laura and Basingstoke, for your choice in tonight's 10-minute takeover. We have Paramore for Stu in Daventry and for P.F. Wilson on Facebook. Daft Punk and Digital Love, a good 10-minute takeover tonight. Thank you very much for all of you for taking part today. Yes, while I was quick to criticise uh, Ari, uh, I, of course, realised I am, in fact, a 15-year-old British I just girl. I want you guys to know that on his iPod, when the songs that he's had on BBC come up, it's not just the song. He has the, the audio added to it. I have the BBC One version <laughs> of Coldplay and, and of Digital Love. it drives me crazy. Because I've oh, been yeah. on twice now. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, but they tweeted me and told me not to give you any aggro. That's true. That's true. And then I was also on the, their Twitter feed on the front page on Radio 1 when uh, they played Blue Monday, oddly, uh, which is an old song. It's old, old folks like me would like. And I just put <laughs> proper and they write on the... Uh, and proper. I have that saved on the computer, too. I have a little screen grab of that. I hope they know that he's a poser. Oh, total pose. I, I'm a I'm a nearly 50 year old American man listening to Radio One. So, all right. Well, hope you enjoyed that and uh, look for fangirls pictures of new politics uh, on her on the Just photo check blog. Check Just on check check Kate and I'm Tumblr. I'm trying to move over solely to check check Kate. And then in pop culture beast, it's supposed to go up any day now. Garen had uh, was delayed because of the Smile Train. Uh, podcast-a-thon they just did over the Thanksgiving uh, Thursday, Friday holiday thing, but it'll be up soon. So just go to uh, popculturebeast.com and just put uh, new politics in the search bar and it should come up. Hey folks, remember this? Dear Joey, getting my hair done. Be back at 3.30. Please go to Lawson's and pick up bread, lunch meat, potato salad, and pop. And if you want... Or this... We have fresh ideas at Red Barn, like a salad bar for you. This is the third time my husband went back to the salad bar. Or how about this? Well, Home Shirts has all of your vintage apparel needs, recalling all the great brands and restaurants of yesteryear, particularly from the cities of Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and St. Louis, but also from brands around the country. Just head to homeshirts.com and check out all of our vintage apparel needs, including restaurants, stores, great sports teams. Check it out, and when you order specifically from Home Shirts Cleveland, we make a couple of bucks, and we really appreciate it. Merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. Unique fashions for guys and gals. 
Save 20% on Cyber Monday by using the code CHRISTMASPAST at any of the Home Shirts websites, Milwaukee, Indy, Cincy, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philly, or St. Louis, or the Defunct Sports Team page. Check out all of the great stuff we have there. Remember, if you buy from the Cleveland page, we make a couple of bucks in your support in the show, as well as most of the Defunct Team's sports page. Uh, if you buy from that, you're also helping to support the show. But go nuts on any of the cities. If you know somebody in Indianapolis or St. Louis or Philadelphia, or you just want to get some vintage stuff from another town you've never been to, go to homeshirts.com on Cyber Monday. Save 20% with the code CHRISTMASPAST. Bill Dwyer is a stand-up comedian originally from Chicago, Illinois. You remember him as a former correspondent from the TV show BattleBots, as well as the host of The Ultimate Fan League on Fox Sports Network. He's been on all kinds of different sitcoms doing guest-starring roles. You've seen him all over the Comedy Central and on all the talk shows. Here now is our interview with Bill Dwyer. Okay, joining us on VF Tape Recorder, it's Bill Dwyer. Bill, how you doing? Oh my God, we're jumping right into this thing. We are. Time is money, my friend. <laughs> all right, I'm in. You're in showbiz. You should in. know. Let's go. All right, cool. Um, well, here's a funny story right off the top. I was listening to Jackie Cation's podcast yesterday. Uh, Lorraine Newman was her guest, and uh, she referenced a joke of yours uh, about you having four kids. And uh, she later asked you about this joke, and you said, well, no, um, I only have three kids, because I guess the, the fourth kid, there's a punchline about the fourth kid, but you don't really have a fourth kid. And uh, she referenced that joke, and Lorraine Newman knew who you were, said, oh, yeah, he's very funny, I know him. Uh, <coughs> man, can we edit that part out where <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I almost die? Take that out and post. Uh, I've, uh, I've met Lorraine Newman, and I know her husband. Oh, okay, very good. Who's yeah. a good guy? Chad. Okay. Yeah. I, I think his last name is, uh, it's, it's like Einderbinder or something. <laughs> Einderbinder. How long is this? Let me figure out how much time I should do. How long is this, how long is this podcast, P.F.? Well, it's usually about 45 minutes. Interview is about 20, so. Oh, okay. All right. So I better, I better pace myself, huh? There you go. Yeah. So, um. So I thought it was an interesting, interesting coincidence because uh, we've had such a delay getting this interview put together. And then in the meantime, I happen to hear you referenced on uh, on Jackie's podcast. I thought it was kind of strange. I know. Isn't that funny? And I've done Jackie's podcast. Yes. And I don't think I've ever done too well. I've even done it live. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah. You know, the Dork Forest. Yep. And I was supposed to dork out about golf, but all I did oh, yeah. was talk about myself. Yeah, you know what, though? A lot of people do that. Uh, Larry Newman was supposed to talk about EDM, electronic dance music. And she ended up talking about it for like the last 10 minutes, and that was it. So, right. Yeah. Because who wants to hear Lorraine Newman talk about uh, EDM? Exactly. Well, I did. It was very interesting. The 10 minutes I heard <laughs> was interesting. Really? Yeah. Are you a fan of electronic dance music? Oh, yeah. I like electronic music, and I also like electronic dance music uh, in controlled doses. But, um, yeah, I like it. Really? Yeah. So you must go to, you must, or you went to a lot of raves, Negative. Probably. Negative. Never been to one. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I could take that. Uh, listening to it, it's fine. Sonically, it's great. It's, the uh, actual living the lifestyle and going to all the raves and throwing my hands up in the air, nah. It's not my bag. I, uh, if you ever, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you ever listen to uh, Irish music or dancing, they never throw their hands up in the air. No. It's all about, it's all lower body. 
It's all legs. There you go. That's the Irish. Yeah. That's all I got. They're still working. They're still working on whole body dancing. But for now, Michael Flatley and the Irish, we got legs. There you That's go. what we got, people. <laughs> so um, what have you been up to lately? I know I see in the, on the Facebook all the time you're always having, you're always at some kind of a show doing some kind of a performance there in Los Angeles. I think Bill Dwyer is um, kind of moving into the acting portion of his career and not just the overacting part either. <laughs> I mean, I've uh, I've got. In fact, when I'm in Minneapolis in a couple of weeks, my uh, my episode of the middle will be on uh, oh, wow. when I'm on stage at uh, at the Acme. Oh, okay, cool. And I have, I have a nice guest starring role on it with a nice uh, uh, kind of a like kind of a heartfelt monologue, in it, and it's oh, real neat. sweet. I'm real happy with it. Hmm. Yeah, I like that show, and then something about that show rubs me the wrong way, and I can't quite put my finger on it. But um, <laughs> I, I, I watch it in reruns because it comes on after the ten o'clock news here, and so I'll watch a few minutes of it. And I, I don't, it's just I don't know it's just an, it's it's an odd thing I can't quite place it. But I still end up you know I'll watch a few minutes thinking it's it's going to sink in here. But um I don't know something about it you don't like. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that funny? And you can't figure out what. Well, you know what I think it is, and this is going to be how do I put this delicately? I think it's Patricia Heaton who I loved on Everybody Loves Raymond. And I still like her right. on reruns of Everybody Loves Raymond because I think in that role, it, it's she's very believable, even though they're not rich, she's very believable as, you know, uh, the wife of a sports writer. But the middle just seems a little, like she's being a little too condescending. The rest of the cast is great. But you just, maybe I just know too much about her, like, offstage that it's, it's affecting me. But it doesn't affect my enjoyment of her on Everybody Loves Raymond, so it's really weird. And she's That's a fellow funny because on Everybody Loves Raymond, she is like way less of a sympathetic character. Oh yeah, exactly. But it's it's but it's believable, and I get it. That's it's really weird. I don't know. Fellow Clevelander too, so you think I'd be more supportive? But oh, are you from Cleveland? Yeah, you know that. We've been we've been over this. <laughs> and um and what a year the Cleveland Browns are having. That is tremendous. Yeah. You know I'm a Bears fan, PF, yes, and that is awful. Yeah. There's some bad stuff going on there. I don't know. Um, so I'm uh, I'm acting and um, yeah, I'm performing here in LA. I'm doing a I'm doing my celebrity game show, Stardom, at the uh, LA Riot okay. Comedy Festival, and up at Sketchfest in San Francisco. Oh, cool! And that is uh, and I hope to start bringing that around to uh, uh, comedy clubs throughout the country. But that is uh, where we. Uh, we have uh, we have celebrities and stand-up comics uh, sitting in, and um, and we play a little game. And uh, a lot of it is like stuff like uh, your worst audition, uh, but you have to perform the part of the casting director telling you how bad you were. Stuff like that. Oh, it's funny. Your uh, your, your farewell treat to sh- your your farewell uh, tweet to show business. Oh, it's a good category. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and uh, I guess and folks remember fondly, of course, from the Ultimate Fan League. So, oh my God, you remember that fondly? Oh, I yeah. do too. Yeah, it used to be on. Um, I worked at the airport, and we had a sporting uh, goods store, and we had to have sports programming on all the time. And on the night shift, uh, you know, it was just ESPN and Fox Sports were the only two things on, and so uh, we would usually have uh, Ultimate Fan League on. You are right, because it was on. Yeah, it was on Fox Sports. Uh, Twin Cities uh, back then, I think that's what they called your area, Fox Sports, maybe maybe Minneapolis. I don't know. 
I'm not sure. Fox Sports Midwest, I'm not sure what you got. I'm not sure either because I've only been to Minneapolis once for an hour in the airport. So. Wait a second. You worked at what airport? In Cleveland? Cincinnati. The most expensive airport in America. Correct. And possibly because they had some sort of a 24-hour sports store there? <laughs> no, it's a, uh, a sporting goods. Actually, we had two of them. Uh, but uh, another reason it was so expensive is because Delta had a hub there. And it's still kind of a mini <laughs> hub, so it's still enough to keep it still very expensive. But uh, not so small that, it, yeah, it's... Yeah, I have a question. Yes. Who buys sporting goods supplies? Well, it wasn't sporting goods. It, uh, it was um, uh, jerseys, sweatshirts, things like that. Again, but also kind of surprising yeah. that we sold that guy. But I guess they figured since it was a hub and people moving through the airport from all parts of the country, they figured, hey, I could use a Texas Longhorn sweatshirt here in the Cincinnati airport. I don't know. I did okay. Wow, and you guys had all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Most, you know, of course, mostly uh, Cincinnati, Kentucky, Ohio stuff because that's where we were. But uh, yeah, also your, the, your bigger national team, sure. No kidding. Yeah. Is that the uh, is that the weirdest job you've ever had? Uh, no, uh, one of the funnest, but not definitely not weirdest. Oh yeah. I think I've had any weird um, jobs actually. I've sold shoes in a number of places, including a uh, a golf uh, store. Aha. Uh-huh. So I waited on uh, I waited on a lot of old men who uh, demanded uh, that they have golf shoes, and I wanted to say. What, uh, why are you so worried about slipping? It makes no sense. You barely move. <laughs> you can barely walk. Why are you worried about traction? Uh, our competitors ran a shoe store a couple doors down from us, and one of their customers, Tony Danza. Tony Danza? Yeah. Like a regular customer? No, just he, he just popped in one day. It was a celebrity sighting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh. He was okay. Not, I guess, word, word, word spread fast on the concourse. He wasn't a very pleasant man. Uh, conversely, Henry Winkler uh, stood outside the store, shook hands with everybody, took pictures, uh, and almost missed his flight. Just ha- shaking hands and, and uh, you know, talking to everybody. Couldn't have been a sweeter I don't man. Think I don't think we're ever going to hear any stories about Henry Winkler uh, drugging and no. sexually assaulting anybody. No, not at all. Not Henry Winkler. No. You ever um, watch, on, like on TMZ, I used to have that on occasionally, and they would always try to catch him and try to get inside his cabinets, and he would just take them seriously, politely answer their questions, and then move on. And finally, I think that, uh, what's the guy that runs it, that Harvey, uh, whatever, he finally gave up. Harvey, not Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Harvey, what's his name? I can't remember. He's I a know. lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah. yeah Harvey lawyer. Levin. Harvey, Harvey Levin. Levin. Yeah. He, um, they showed a clip of him and they asked him, how do you, how do you treat a woman? Henry? And he seriously answered the question. He goes, okay, fellas, thanks. Well, I got to go. And they cut back to Harvey and the student. Go, oh, you, you can never get to him. You can never get to him. So I guess they finally gave up. There's the key, celebrities. Just take, take TMZ seriously and they'll leave you alone. Um, they, uh, TMZ has taken to uh, hanging out uh, outside the improv in Los Angeles sometimes. So uh, a lot of us comics, uh, you know, have been on it occasionally. And uh, when I was on it, um, I remarked how uh, how similar uh, Rory McIlroy and uh, Lindsay Lohan looked. <laughs> did that get you on? Did you make horrible yeah. laugh? Oh, cool. <laughs> it did get me on. And go. then they did a side-by-side of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Way hey, well done. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's the uh, it's the stupid things that really uh, that really uh, you really enjoy, like uh, when you're in this game, like uh, like that being on TMZ, and um, 
one time I was on the CBS lot when Big Brother, uh, I think the people were, were like coming into or out of the house. So I just kind of wandered over there and I was in the crowd <laughs> <laughs> when the Big Brother contestants <laughs> rolled in. So when I came back home, I said, oh, we got to watch Big Brother. And there, there I was. But I've been on TV, PF. Why do, why do I care? <laughs> this is fun. Now, is that on your IMDb page? Put that on my IMDb page. Yeah, guy in back, big brother, build wire, guy in background. Oh my God, you the things the things that you put on your resume when you're a, a first time actor, uh, when you're a young actor. I mean, you go, you know. I think I remember some agent telling me, "Look, let's uh, let's take the high school stuff off there." <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm 23. You want me to take the high school stuff? Okay, okay, yeah, sure. That makes sense. Sure. In fact, let's get rid of the college stuff. Oh, that's not that's not gonna work. That is not gonna work. You put everything, yeah, featured extra. You put it on there. There you go. And so, speaking of sports, an awkward transition. Um, I, you'd be a good guy to ask. What do you make of all these uh, all these funny sports stories we've had uh, in the past year? Well, not funny. Some of them kind of uh, upsetting and tragic, but um. Uh, what do you make of all this? Everything you got the Redskins name change. You got athletes getting in trouble. I mean, how do you have you have other people approached you for your opinion on this? Because you're a known sports fan in Hollywood. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. People don't usually approach me for my opinions. <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's the vibe I set up. Maybe in my personal life, everyone is so sick of my opinions that it just I just come off as a guy who keeps everything to himself, and I'm fine with that. So let's see. Since you're asking me to spout off, yes, um, I think uh, I think the Redskins need to change their name, but I don't think anybody really cares about it. You know? Yeah. Um, I uh, really I don't know. Like all of the uh, all of the all of the Indian sports names. I mean, I'm from Chicago, so they have the they have the Blackhawks. Yep. Which I guess is just the name of a of a tribe yes but i don't know maybe i guess it all sounds any of those and then the uh i don't know the, the if i was from india i might be furious about the cleveland indians yeah uh, that's but, uh that's obviously has nothing to do with people from india no and they're not changing their name to the native americans that's no. for sure I think no. uh, I think Adrian Peterson is out of his mind, um, and um, but you know I think occasionally you got to hate your kid, but if you're a giant football player, come on, man, <laughs> go be easy. Yeah, I think it's enough. Just that a lot of times it's just enough to tower over a kid. You know, that's a, you can just do that. Yeah, you can just drop your voice down a bit and go, hey, and that's it, and they're good. Or make them run laps. You, uh, I, I gotta tell you, like as a parent, like kids love to be scared. Like not, like if you could ever like hide in a closet and jump on your kids so that they become so scared that they like fall down on the ground, they fall on their ass and, and start crying. Like after they get cry for about a minute, they want you to do it again. Yeah, see, they kids do that. Love to be scared. Here's what's funny about that. They like doing that to me. And, oh, and riot! Oh my! What? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but if your house, imagine how alive you'll be 
you and your kids, if every door you open, you think there might yeah. be something <laughs> popping out of there. Oh, well, man. The beautiful part is no one gets more of a kick out of it than my wife, who usually sets it up. Like, I, I came out of the shower the other day, and my wife's, oh, could you go into my closet and get me this thing? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I open the closet door, and producer Lizzie jumps out and screams. And my wife, of course, is holding her iPad, filming the whole thing. And everybody says a big, a, a big laugh, and and then she posts it on Facebook. Yeah, it's 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 a good time is had by all, except for me who was embarrassed. Is it? Uh, where is it on Facebook? Uh, probably on my wife's page. I'm not sure. That sounds great. Oh yeah, yeah. These they get they, they get me all the time too, especially late at night if I'm really tired, and I want and I'll think that the kids are all in bed, and uh, and my wife says, "Oh, go get this thing for me, will you?" And boom, I'd, I'd say four out of five times they'll get me. You should, uh, you should treasure that woman. <laughs> like, like there's, like there's women who want to change you. They want you to be more communicative. They want you to to be more aware, to speak, whatever. But <laughs> your wife just wants to scare you, yes. and she's delighted by it. Oh, absolutely. Never, never let that go. Was yeah. that one of your wedding vows? Uh, oh. No. Do you promise to occasionally scare each other in a non-harmful way? Oh, yeah. oh no, I can't yeah. scare her. No, 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 I can't scare her. No, no, no. It only she only scares me. She sets up the kids to scare me, or she scares me. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, you can't. But you never scared. You never scare her. No. Oh, uh, I'm not crazy. One, uh, one Halloween, um, I uh, I dressed as a scarecrow and plopped myself into a lawn chair by our. Um, by our front porch. So the kids would come over to me. I had a bag over my head, and I had straw coming out of me. So <laughs> kids would come over, <laughs> like, like, look at me. And then I would move, and oh, my God. Oh, they, yeah. uh, you know, it was like the Bushman up in uh, San Francisco. They uh, Then the rest of them would, like, wait on the sidewalk for me to scare somebody else. Uh, so then you just have a crowd there, and saying. people think, wow, what do these people have? Full-size candy bars? No, living scarecrow. Yeah. And then TMZ stopped by and said, comedian Bill DeWire, Chris is a scarecrow, scaring kids. And then they do a side-by-side between me and uh, Ray Bolger. And Ray Bolger. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you should have, oh, my mind, you could probably smell the wood burning if you were here. I was like, who is this scarecrow? Who is this scarecrow? <laughs> and I'm going through it. I was like, Bert Lahr. No, no. no. That's a cowardly lion. And then I forgot the Tin Man's name. Jack? Jack Haley. Is that right? I don't know. I, 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 I'm lucky I can remember Bert Lahr and, uh, and Ray Bolger uh, only from a Second City sketch about uh, they did an entertainment weekly type show. And they the, the joke was... Uh, three stars of the Wizard of Oz are dead. It was right after Burt Lard passed away. Three stars of the Wizard of Oz are dead. Is Ray Bolger next? Of course, because he was the only one left, so <laughs> he would be next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, interesting fact, uh, Buddy Epson was the original uh, uh, Tin Man, uh, but the uh, the great paint uh, made him deathly, uh, deathly sick. Oh, wow. So he had to, uh, yeah, he had to drop out of that role. And also... Uh, the green paint on Margaret Hamilton, I believe that was her name, yes. was the Wicked Witch. From Cleveland, Ohio. Um, stuck to her face for three years. Her face had a green tint for about two years after that. Movie. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. My, uh, my daughter's a big Wizard of Oz fan, uh, so she. this will be some interesting trivia I can share with her. 
you know what? And you know what? She is right to be a big Wizard of Oz fan. And then when she gets a little older, she should be a Bonnie and Clyde fan. And then when she gets slightly older, I'm trying to think of, then she should be a Royal Tenenbaums fan. Okay, I, not, I'm not sure I follow the thread through those, but uh, all, all worthy films, certainly. Just great movies throughout the years. I can't think of a great movie in the 80s. Say anything, maybe. I think your daughter should Breakfast be a fan Club. of that. Breakfast Club. Already is. Oh, Breakfast Club. There you Good go. one. Yeah, yeah. How old is she, your daughter? 16. You have a 16-year-old? Yeah. I have a 26-year-old daughter. Wow. And I can never decide if I never want her friends over at the house or if <laughs> I always want her friends over at the house. <laughs> oh, man. It's a good-looking bunch, P.F. I, I hear you. I'll tell you. you that. I hear you. Yeah. Well, you're not that much older than me, though, so I'm kind of surprised, although I guess... We got a late start here, so maybe that has something to do with it. Ah, yeah. People will uh, people will say to me, "Is that is that what you like, Gramps? Is that what you like? <laughs> you like twenty six year olds? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think everybody does. Yeah. It's just that I have a. I mean, really, when you're my age, like everybody is hot when you're me. That's that's good. Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm looking at you, I'm finding something good, and I think that is a great way to be. Maybe it's creepy. I don't know. I don't know. I think as for me, kind of the, the bottom end of the range kind of moved up as you know as I went along. Because I used to think that too. I used to think, oh yeah, yeah like, right. like the, like the right, Rolling exactly. Stones. You know, sure. they had, yeah, they'd be marrying these twenty-six-year-old brothers. And when I was nineteen, I was like, yeah, good for those guys. Now I'm like, you <laughs> don't do that. Right. <laughs> well, people, yeah, and people say to me, you know, if you ever were to, if you ever were to leave your wife for a twenty-six-year-old. That twenty-six-year-old be crazy. Great, huh. you know. If I'm if I'm uh, if I'm hooking up with a twenty-six-year-old, why would I want her to be logical? Is yeah. that what I want? <laughs> That's right. No. <laughs> Do you think that Anna Nicole Smith's husband ever said, "Yeah, she's really good-looking, but uh, I wish she was a little more sensible"? <laughs> no. There you go. Hey, baby, take your top off and do some blow off your breast. That was a conversation between Anna Nicole Smith and her 90-year-old husband. Yes, a daily conversation, I'm sure. Well, and people never had a problem with those two, did they? Oh, wait, everybody had a problem exactly, with Exactly, yeah. And then it didn't get any better for her to hang with her lawyer and then, uh, the, oh, man. Oh, that poor thing. Yeah. Well, she has a, she has a daughter, right, or a son? Son. She has a son. I don't know. I know she daughter. has a legacy, daughter. though. That's the important thing. Yep. Somebody is carrying Anna Nicole Smith's bloodline out into the world. That's true. And that's good. There you go. Well, all right, man. I think that's probably a good place to end it. Um, uh, let's see. What? We'll, that? Yeah. <laughs> I want... would rather end on something big. Oh, now, you... are you going to cut out all the unfunny parts and just make this into a sweet two-minute interview? Oh, no, this is all gold, man. This is podcasting gold. gold. Yeah. You, uh, I appreciate your lowering your bar for me, P.F. Oh, no, not at all, man. Is, uh... Uh, are you uh, Are you still writing for the uh, City Pages? Yeah. Well, you all have a uh, piece in City Pages, and the podcast will drop, uh, I think, in two weeks. I'm, I'll try to do it closer to the Minneapolis date, but it, it we've got like 5,000 listeners around the world and across the country, so... Uh, Sweet. We can we can Sweet. promote that. We, uh, are we getting any love in the city pages then? Are we taking yeah. any of this? Yeah, yeah, totally. Do it. Yeah. Do it. 
And then anywhere else, I, I could happen to sell it uh, as well. So. I remain enthusiastic. All right, All man. Right. We'll, we'll promote the Build Wire brand. <laughs> Thank you. All right, man. Okay, well, thanks for uh, getting this together. Uh, I know we had a lot of uh, ups and downs trying to finally piece this together, but uh, I'm glad we finally got it done. Happy to be here for you. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. All right, Bill. Bye. See ya. Thanks again to Bill Dwyer for being on the show. You can catch Bill in Minneapolis at the Acme Comedy Club Tuesday, December 2nd through Saturday, December 6th. And don't forget, on Wednesday, December 3rd, on the ABC sitcom The Middle, Bill's got kind of a, a pretty sizable guest-starring role on that sitcom. He's been on lots of other sitcoms as well. Uh, Hot in Cleveland, he was the ex-husband of Valerie Bertinelli. Uh, wish they would have kept that character. He was really funny in, in the couple episodes he was in. Anyway, uh, he'll be on The Middle. Uh, what he says is, in what he says is, is a pretty you know nice uh, guest-starring role for him. So do check that out as well. Set the DVR, whatever you need to do. And let me see, of course, uh, the usual credits here. Uh, PFT Recorder logo by Dan Coble. Original music by Doug. O'Connor and John Veropoulos with a little help from me. Uh, like the PFT Recorder Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. And let me see. I guess that is it for all of the uh, all of the uh, credits and so forth. Uh, we are going to play out with Band-Aid again. Only this time we're going to do the original Band-Aid. And remember, Band-Aid 30 is out. You buy that. You help fight Ebola in Africa. Uh, do they know it's Christmas? Uh, Band-Aid 30 is number one in the UK. It's only 63 in the US, which is shocking to me, although this is its first week on the chart, although I bought it like two weeks ago out of iTunes, so I'm not sure why it's it's tra uh, charting so low. Let's change that. Let's get that up the chart here in the US. And again, if you buy Band-Aid 30, it fights Ebola. If you buy Band-Aid, the original, even as part of a compilation, I'm sure there's a royalty that is still paid for that, so all that money still goes to Oxfam, still fights uh, starvation in Africa. So just go ahead and buy both. Two bucks. What do you got to lose? And I guess if you buy the Band-Aid other one, there's one like a 20th anniversary one, that also goes to Oxfam. So do the right thing. Go out, just buy those. If you've uh, bought them, buy them again. Gift them to a friend. You can give stuff on iTunes to people. Do it that way. All right, so that's going to be it. Uh, we'll play out with Do They Know It's Christmas, the original. So long, and thanks for listening. One, two.